Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Risa Lakin is a lifelong equestrian who currently works at Coro as the head of partnerships. Risa works with various media partners, athletes, and industry institutions to get the word out about this new online retailer. As the one source for all things horse, Coro's mission is to help simplify the process of shopping for horse supplies and making horse care more accessible across the U.S., regardless of discipline or breed. Prior to working at Coro, Risa spent most of her career working for media companies, including Time Inc., Bustle Media Group, and Stylecaster Media Group. She eventually moved over to the brand side, working for Estee Lauder Companies, before starting her own marketing consulting company. It was during this time that she met the founders of Coro and was able to merge her excitement for marketing and startups with her longtime love for horses. Risa, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. We're going to learn so, so much, um, and I'm really looking forward to that. But first, let's have a little bit of fun. Before our call, I asked you to prepare two truths and one lie. So go ahead and read them in any order, and I'm going to see if I can guess which one is the lie. Okay. Um, I'm not the best at this, so let's see how it goes. Um, I have a non thing eye dog. I was originally born in Houston, Texas, and I used to ride horses at Taylor Swift's house. What? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one that you you have not ridden horses at Taylor Swift's house. Actually, fun fact, I have. Um, it's a really funny story, but uh, my sister and Taylor used to go to school together, and we're best friends and pretty much inseparable. Um, and they had a bunch of horses at their farm. So after school, um, my sister and I were really into riding. So I would sometimes go out and ride. And actually, Andrea Swift took my sister to her first horse show. Oh That's a little fun fact. <laughs> that is the coolest thing. Oh, my God. Are they super nice? They seem super nice, the whole family. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, we uh, unfortunately, we haven't seen them as much over the last few years. But um, they have always been wonderful. And they also introduced us to our best friends, our family's best friends. So, you know, we're really grateful to have had them in our life as kids and you know the great people they've uh introduced us because of it that is super super awesome well if that's not the lie then which one's the lie um well my mom used to tell me that the minute i could fly she took me to texas where her family was but i was not born in houston texas (laughs) oh gotcha see that was the most mundane (laughs) i was like well surely that one's true (laughs) i was like how do i make it not obvious so i'm glad you did a good job (laughs) Well, perfect, Risa. Well, let's jump into your job. Let's talk about your journey, what you do. So I know that you work for a company called Coro. So let's start there. What is Coro? Yeah, so Coro is an online retailer of horse supplies. So everything from uh, grooming essentials, blankets, supplements, horse cookies, farm supplies, you know, all the, all the essentials to uh, truly love and care for your horse. Uh, we sell those products and we're aimed at really making horse care as affordable as possible. So we offer the best prices and extra fast shipping. 
Super fun. I was just like poking through the website, you know, preparing for our call. Um, it looks like you guys have awesome like rewards programs. There's like an auto ship program. It looks like you guys partner with the Compton Cowboys. Like you guys do some cool stuff for horse people. Yeah, it's been so exciting. Uh, we are a little over two years old now, and uh, it really came out of the idea that shopping through horse should be an easier process. Um, you shouldn't have to spend hours comparing prices, and you know you just want everything you need to show up at your at your barn door or your house, um, kind of like Amazon does. You know everything you need. So that was kind of the founding idea behind it. And then it's, you know, really grown into how do we make this the best experience for all horse owners, all horse caretakers, anyone who's horse obsessed. Um, so it's been a really fun experience. We try to unlock savings everywhere possible to ensure that customers have the best price. And then we've also dedicated a lot of time and energy into the education. So some really exciting things we offer is a program called Coro Top Rated and we realize sometimes shopping for horse products uh, can be a bit overwhelming. You know, there's a million five sprays, a million blankets, a million grooming tools, and how do you ensure the right one for your specific needs? We have experts across various breeds and disciplines to take a category of products and put them to the test uh, based on certain criteria. So it might be efficacy, smell, function, um, product design, and really give us their honest opinions on how each product holds up. So we've done wound ointments, fly spray, uh, we actually did fly masks, um, you know, and we're constantly just doing a bunch of different categories. So um, every horse person's different, every horse is different, and so we get that it's not a one-size-fits-all. So this program is really dedicated in helping you make the best decision. And then, you know, we have a blog, Coro Stories, in which we're constantly creating content that tackles, you know, essential horse care questions, uh, interviews with top people across the sport, uh, how-tos, hacks, everything you um, could possibly want in one place. And then we also offer... Um, I'm just obsessed. We have a great customer service team who's just dedicated to helping all of our customers answer their questions and find the products that work best uh, for them and make shopping as easy as possible. All the things. One-stop shop. You guys just made it so simple. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that was the goal because I mean, we're all horse people. We get it. Um, it's like the pony water cooler. Uh, we love talking about horses all the time. So <laughs> it's more, it's always fun. Um, it never feels like work, but you know, we want to spend more time with our horses and less time, you know, price shopping and making sure that, you know, there isn't a better price out there or, you know, spending all this time doing the research before their purchase. We're hoping to make that process a little bit more simpler for everyone. I love it. When it sounds like there's a full force, there's a full team behind all of this great magic and you are part of that. So tell us what is your current role with Coro? Yeah. So I have actually, um, my roles evolved as I started with the team. I started off doing content and social media and now I am the head of partnership. And it's interesting because that also evolves on a daily basis. Um, it's fun because we are many ways to start off in the fact that it's a smaller team, but we're mighty and we all put roll our sleeves up and get involved. And so my job right now involves working with different people across different areas of the business. So 
I manage our team rider program, which, you know, is kind of our sponsorship program where we work with riders to um, help get the word out about Coro, but also leverage their expertise on horse care. Um, we create content with them. We get product recommendations for them. So it's a very 360 relationship with uh, different riders across different disciplines. Um, I am working on Coro's barn program, which serves barns that have 10 or more horses in their program. It's trying to create an expert, resident expert on your team so we can help you more seamlessly order everything you need for your larger operation. Um, I have my hands a little bit in content and, you know, just work with all the other team members. I mean, just the other day, the head of merchandising was showing me how to create a product order. So essentially, if a team rider or customer um, is like, we really love this product, it's just a staple in our bar program, you should carry it. I can help her do the research and source it, and then she goes and brings the product on our site. So we are constantly adding new products every single day, um, but we really stand behind Pride and Tested to make sure that we're not just carrying a product, but we truly believe in it, and then our community believes in it, and we think it'll be very beneficial to anyone who is in need of that product. Awesome. So you, it sounds like you do a ton of collaboration, like in many ways, right? Like with people across your company, with clients, with barn owners, with all kinds of things. And like, you're just communicating on like all the levels, all the things. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we have a really incredible team and I think that's how we're able to really do so much. And um, our goal is to serve the greater horse community across all areas that that entails. Um, so it's really been an amazing team effort and we have experts all across the board, um, who are, you know, know so much about their area of the business, but is also willing to show all of us what that entails and what that takes. So we can all support each other as much as possible. Cool. Is there a common misconception that people may have about what it means to be the head of partnerships and can we bust it? <laughs> um, well, I guess my role in itself, it evolves on the daily. So I feel like my role is not never just one thing. Like one day I'll be at a horse shows, walking up and down barn aisles, just introducing myself and Coro. Um, another day it will be, you know, talking to media partners and another day go out to farms and help farms place bigger orders if they need support. So I feel like Partnership might mean one thing to one person, but I've learned a title to title because, you know, it just changes on the daily and I'm just doing a million different things. And I love it. I love the diversity in my role and the different people I get to meet. Um, you know, I just, I never been to a rating show before and I've been to a few rating shows in the last few months. And it's just incredible to learn so much about different communities and different areas that I wouldn't have exposure to previously. Yes. I'm so glad that you hit on that because I was, I was thinking that exact same thing as you were talking. I'm like, okay, partnerships in the form of like external, right? Like working with external partners of, of Coral. Uh, but, but that means like media partners, that means farms, clients, horse owners, that means customers, that means so many things. So like just taking that word partnerships and really flipping it on its head. So I love that. You're just like, don't, don't just get in the tunnel vision of, of what yeah. that job title is. Yes, exactly. And it, it is exciting because like no day is the same. And so I love having conversations with different people and just truly trying to understand their perspective and their background because everyone in this entire industry has something great to offer and something to teach you. So it's been um, truly exciting to interact with so many different parties. Hey, man, no, that's awesome. 
Have you shopped with Coro yet? This online retailer is simplifying the way you shop horse care. With horse-friendly supplies and equipment to fuel your passion, they have everything from grooming supplies, barn supplies, supplements, tack, and everything in between. They are truly the one source for all things horse. All the products they sell and recommend have been tested for quality, so your horse only gets the best, which is exactly how it should be. They offer the best prices, lightning-fast shipping, and auto-ship for the products you purchase regularly. Visit Coro today at coroshop.com. That's C-O-R-R-O-S-H-O-P.com. And use the code BEYONDTHESADDLE10 for 10% off your first order today. Well, how, how on earth did you get here? What was your journey? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really funny story. So this is my first, I'd say, horsey job. I started out, um, I went to the University of Delaware where I was majored in communication. And I always knew that I wanted to do marketing and PR. Um, so when I graduated, I was applying everywhere, not really sure where to go, what to do. I mean, I had some ideas, but I love to kind of always say, you plan, God laughs. And I kind of feel like looking back now, it's just everything kind of falls into place and happens for a reason. So my career started in publishing. So I worked for Time Inc. um, on some of their publications. So Real Simple Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, um, the Lifestyle Group, so Cooking Light, my recipes, and um, it actually started as a sales role. Um, I was a sales assistant to a bunch of sales reps. And our job was to secure advertising for these magazines and digital websites. And it was great because I got to learn digital in a time where digital felt very new. Like our website was very simple. And, you know, you had banner ads. And that's what you were selling is like people had to buy a banner on a screen, which is just so crazy to see where we are today. And it was really exciting, you know, another area where you roll up your sleeves and you know I'd see I would talk to some of the different people on the team some were editors some were marketers uh research and um I just kind of always ask like you know what do you do and can I help and it was a really incredible experience so I really got to know the publishing industry and eventually I left Time Inc and I went to my first startup and that was called Stylecaster Media Group and they were a few different websites that were fashion, lifestyle, uh, beauty and that was really an incredible experience for me because not only was I fully in the uh, immersed in digital, I had worked for my first startup which was a very very different experience than the corporate experience at Time Inc. It was very like if you dream it, they will come. So really figuring out what clients were asking for and going beyond what standard media companies could produce. And it was non-templated. It wasn't like, okay, you get um, four full pages and, and these three issues and um, you know, we'll throw in some extra bonus stuff. It was, we put on a fashion show from Fashion Week live in an ad banner, which was like insane. And, um, you know, we did events and pop-up shops and, and it was really everything. So that was great. And then um, that business got acquired by Penske Media. And then I decided to try something different. I went back to the world of publishing at Condé Nast and you know, try that on again and then realize it's actually, I really felt more comfortable in the startup world. So uh, that led me to my role at Fossil Media Group, which um, at the time was just fossil.com. 
And that was really incredible. I was, I think, one of maybe the first 30 hires, and I was the first marketing hire. And I remember, you know, we were trying to break big name brands to advertise with us. It was almost like, who are we to do this? But it was so inspiring. And the team behind it was so inspirational in their vision and belief of the company. So um, I remember even pitching an idea of a video series, but we didn't even have like a video team at the time. We didn't even have a videographer, but it was like, if you build it, they will come. So, you know, I was very like uh, the head of sales was just like, just throw out the coolest things you can think of and let's see what happens. And that's really where I saw my love and excitement for the world of digital and startups. So I was there for a few years and then I got to the point where I wanted, instead of creating marketing proposals and ideas for clients, I wanted to try sitting at the other side of the table on the client side. So I went to Estee Lauder companies and worked in their men's care group, um, which, you know, it, it felt natural. It felt linear, even though it may not always seem linear. And um, that was incredible. My job there was to oversee the person who handled social media and then to also work on digital media partnerships. So working with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, uh, working with media companies and just trying to generate top funnel brand awareness for the men's skincare group. And then you know, working with the e-commerce team. And that was really cool to have Facebook on speed dial and they would bring you in and do trainings and they would show you new features, um, best performing ads. So you could go back to your creative team and say, this is what we need to be successful on these platforms. And yeah, it was a very, very cool experience. After that, I got a really exciting offer to join a company I'd never heard of, but it was a shopper marketing agency. I am a sucker for research and insights and stories that pop out of data. So it seemed like a really exciting opportunity. So I went from Estee Lauder to this company and um, they had a very interesting digital product where they're leveraging their own internal data and marrying it with other um, data resources to get a more complete picture on consumer behavior. And that's kind of been a secret passion I've had throughout all my careers and all my jobs is just what is the consumer behavior? What is it that they want from you? What is it that they enjoy and come to you for? And how do we give them more of that? So it was an interesting experience. And I, you know, unfortunately, the time I got there, they were in a very little bit turmoil time and they ended up having to let go a very large part of their staff. And I think they ended up selling the company um, almost a year after I started. So after that, after like there was massive layoffs, I decided, you know what, I just don't want to work for anyone right now. Like I just, obviously I need to make a living, but I could not bring myself to just start over at a new company. So I just up and decided, you know what, I have some friends, especially in the editorial world who just did freelancing full time and they made it very successful. So why not try and be a freelance marketer and consult for different companies. So I started my own marketing consulting business. It's called Influential and it's E-L-L-E. And the idea was to focus on female-centric companies or female-centric brands because that's where I had the most experience in. And I started taking on some clients, uh, some in the beauty industry, some in lifestyle, some kind of horse-related. And then I had a uh, friend call me up and say, I know someone who's looking to help with social media and marketing. 
would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, of course I would be. And, you know, the person who contacted me is a good friend of mine. And so I trust her. Um, if she's excited about the company, it must be a great company. And it turns out it was Coro. So um, I met with some of the co-founders and just loved what they were doing and the excitement and how they're trying to bring a different experience that they felt was lacking in the industry. And I, I couldn't agree more. There weren't a ton of digital first companies out there that were really trying to help customers essentially make it easy, make it transparent, serve them in a way that understands the lifestyle and just simplifies our for their horse. So I was immediately hooked and I started as a consultant for a little over a year. And then after that, I came on board full time. Wow. What a road. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I would love for you to talk about, um, because so much of your career leading up really to Coro was in like the beauty and the fashion industry. So I'd love to hear like, what's different about that industry, the beauty industry, um, like Estee Lauder and your experiences at those different media and publishing groups than what, what you see now in the equine industry. Yeah, it's completely different. Sometimes I've always found that while the equine industry has the latest technologies, like iPhones and Apple Watch, you know, all the things, um, I always felt as a business, the equine industry was a little bit hesitant of adapting to a more digital experience. So um, my sister has a digital horse company too, so I got to watch from afar what she was doing. And I feel as though the beauty and fashion industry, consumers needed digital media. They needed something to keep up with them and the way they like to experience content. So it was a very fast-paced world. And uh, not that this isn't fast-paced, I would just say that it's just interesting. It's a different psychology in trying to understand what motivates people to shop what they shop and buy what they buy. And so much of fashion and beauty is this influencer, this editor, this partnership with this person, and that's brand awareness, whereas customers are so different in the equine business. And I actually love it because no one shops the same and no one trusts one person for all their information. So I think that was really the coolest thing is how do we as a company, speak to so many different people and try and understand all their different needs. Tricky though, right? What a challenge. Yeah. What an amazing journey. Oh my gosh. No wonder Lindsay told me, uh, you know, when we were setting up this interview, you're going to love her story. She's got quite the story and uh, you did not disappoint. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I mean, it, it's, it's funny because I never thought I could work in the horse industry you know, growing up, if you worked in the horse industry, you were a rider, you were a trainer, you were a vet, uh, a farrier. And it just didn't seem like I could ever allow my passion to become part of my job. So I feel like it's a very nonlinear goal to get to where I am. But it's, I feel like, like you said earlier, things kind of just line up and find their way to make everything happen the way it should. So it's very exciting to be doing this. Yeah, a little bit of meant to be in there. I love it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, you've gone through so many things and you've worked for some huge companies. You worked for some really small companies. Like you've kind of seen the whole breadth of what it means to work for yourself, like all of it. So I'm really curious, what is next for you? Like, what are you hoping to learn or what are you hoping to try next? You know, it's an interesting question because for so long in my career, 
there was a path. Like you started as an assistant and then you were associate and then you were a manager and then director. And I feel like I always wanted to make sure I was continuing on my path. And now with this role, I kind of feel like there, I have no idea what the future holds and I'm totally okay with that because um, this job has just so much to offer. And I really love the diversity of my role. I love, even though it changes quite a bit, like I enjoy the change because it really allows me to try things that I may not have learned otherwise. Sometimes when you work for a bigger company, they need an email marketer. They need someone who just does social media. They need someone who just does content. And so I think when you work for a smaller company, you truly do get to try on and wear a lot of hats. And I think that is the biggest gift in your career is to wear as many hats as possible. I mean, you know, within uh, within reason, but, you know, wear a lot of hats, get a lot of experience, ask a lot of questions, interview people. What do you do? And, you know, what do you like about it? What are your challenges? And I think um, knowledge is really power no matter what you do and no matter what you're looking to do with your career. Absolutely. When you were mentioning that earlier, when we were talking about your job role and that you do get the opportunity to kind of collaborate and like dabble, you know, and kind of work with these people that are experts in their different areas across Coro, which is really cool because like what better way to learn, right? Get your hands in, get dirty. Absolutely. And, you know, it really is great that our culture and the team is just very collaborative and, you know, you really get to understand areas that you would never like customer service. I know nothing about customer service other than when I have a problem with a product or brand and to get to learn more about their team and, you know, what they do and their processes. It's, it's really great to have that kind of exposure. Oh, super cool. That's fabulous. Well, you've already given us like a little bit of advice and a little preview, um, but I know you've got a lot to say because you've got so much experience. So I'd love to know what advice do you have for someone who's looking to pursue a career similar to yours? I would say definitely work hard. People appreciate when you are willing to learn, even if it's not your job. I think um, my time at Time Inc., I saw this girl work late all the time. And I'm like, what is it that you do? And why are you here so late? And she explained it to me. I'm like, that's cool. Can I help you? And she was not going to say no to help. So um, it taught me how to do like storytelling and develop research into marketable um, information for our customers and clients. So um, I think, you know, be willing to take on things that may not be your role, but could teach you even more clearly how to do your role. And I would say, be open-minded. Some people need a very specific, like clear path and journey, but I feel like my success has come from just going with the flow and seeing what happens. I think that's like challenging for some people, but now that I can look back, I'm like, wow, like everything kind of just works out one way or another. So it's, you know, you kind of have to allow yourself to just go with where you're feeling called to intuitively, what feels like the right opportunity, what is it that you like to do? And yeah, just don't try to control it. And I think you get more creative and you're able to create a job or a product the more you can find, kind of take that step back and just look at everything instead of being so close to the computer screen, the phone, just being so in the role. If you can just take that step back, I think it's really helpful and you'll find yourself in so many different opportunities that will just arise for you. 
Yes, that's great advice and not easy advice like that introspection and just staying really true to yourself and like letting yourself like authentically think, okay, am I good at this? Should I try this? What could possibly come of this? Like that's hard. But like you said, yeah, when you look back, like sometimes those are the best things that happen, right? When you do just like trust and like look inside yourself and have an honest conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, it's something I work on every day. And I feel like work is messy. Like it's not every day is a great day. And not that it's a bad day. But some days you have more perspective than others. And some days you show up and you are so productive and others you aren't. And it's just, you know, allowing yourself to just understand that every day is a different day and you take it one step at a time. But remember to take that step back and just see, remember how far you've come. Um, but also just take that step back because I know it's very easy to develop tunnel vision when you're working on a project on your screen for hours on end. Yeah, I think um, trying to control less has definitely been helpful because it's funny how sometimes little control you do have and, you know, what's happening around you in the job market. And, um, you know, just you, you've got to work hard, but things do show up. And I do think that there's a little bit of like certain things that are meant to be. For sure. I'm tattooing that to my forehead now. Try to control less. <laughs> I mean, trust me, it's something I taught myself on a daily basis. And sometimes like I am able to do it and sometimes I'm not. And I think it's that's the key is just every day. You know, I feel like in the corporate world, I feel like the F word was failure. And there is just so much stress and pressure not to fail and not to make mistakes. And that, you know, the startup world and, you know, constantly being reminded that, Failure is not that big of a deal. You make a mistake, you screw up. It's like you need to go and, and work on it and figure out like what's the next thing you can do and how do you get a little bit closer to where you want to go. So that's been a great learning experience for me that I've just been like, mistakes aren't bad. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like we may have a kindred spirit here and then we're both maybe a little bit of perfectionists. <laughs> so it's hard totally. for me sometimes to be like, oh, that wasn't great. But sometimes that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it's so funny because I never consider myself a perfectionist, but I'm seeing some of those elements more and more of just like not letting things freeze, like not freezing when things are not how you expected it to and just like allowing it to be like, okay, well, if this didn't work, so I need to try this. And, um, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to do. And I think self-awareness is important, but it's, it's kind of a constant reminder of just like, what could I do differently and, you know, not take it personal. That's tough. It's a tall order. <laughs> totally. Totally. I think it's a good reminder. I don't know who else needs to hear that, but I think, you know, it's okay. Absolutely. We all need to hear it at some point, right? So if that's you today, we're talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you also, you get to work with so many different kinds of equine industry professionals from barn owners to like just horse owners in general to the different people within your company. Um, so the clients that you worked with when you were freelancing. So I'm curious to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be an equine industry professional? It's funny because like I said earlier, it used to be so limited in what equine industry professional looks like. But in my role, I just think I'm so lucky that I get to work with horses. And I mean, it doesn't mean like I'm riding all the time. It just means that I'm constantly thinking about horses and horses are like, we put horses above everything else. So with that, I feel like, well, what can I do in my role that helps impact horses and the industry to make it a little bit better? And so 
I almost think when you work in the equine profession and if it's your job, if you have any ability to improve it or just make it a better place than you left it or just be more supportive of these incredible creatures that we get to call partners or pets or teammates, I think it's our responsibility to try and leave as much of a positive impact on it as possible. I love all of that. Absolutely. <laughs> We're just lucky, right? I think lucky is, has something to do with it. Like I just pinch myself every day that, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, out sitting on top of a horse that you're, you know, I don't have my hands on them, but man, like you said, it's just horses above everything else. And I just feel like, how, how did this cool, amazing thing happen to me? And, and you're the same way. And there's so many people that fall in that category that I think, I think people forget about. Totally. I mean, it's just incredible. Not to make it sound so sad, but the corporate world, it's tough. And I would just live for the weekends where I get to come out and ride because by the time I was done work and I was working in Manhattan and those hours are very tough and the barn's an hour away. So riding was a weekend privilege. And I think when you have that and I mean, or just even get to know that you have horses in your life, it's, it's important to be grateful for that. And the fact that now my job allows me to constantly think about horses and I won't get in trouble for it. Like that's like a, a slam dunk. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just constantly being grateful for being around horses and helping people care for their horses. And, you know, it's not an easy job. It's time consuming. It's financially consuming. So if there's any way as someone who grew up riding just on the weekends, you know, after whether it's school or career, I think anytime I can help do something that makes it more affordable and more easy for them to spend more time with horses like that to me feels like I'm really doing something here with my life you know I, I get it how valuable these animals are to us and anything I can do that really makes people their lives whether it's financially or time wise be able to spend more time doing what they love and that feels so like exciting for me and makes me smile and, and, you know, motivates me to keep working and do, and do whatever I can to improve the business or industry or whatever it is I can impact. Ah, uh, there it is where your passion and the mission of your company align. That is like the yes. sweet spot. Yes. I love that. Exactly. Oh, it's so perfect. Well, Risa, this has been so much fun. Um, you have an amazing journey. Um, Coro is an amazing company. Thank you again so, so very much for coming on Beyond the Saddle and sharing with us. I know everyone's going to love listening to this and getting to know you and the company. So what's the best place if they want to connect with you or if they want to connect with Coro? How should they do that? Yes, um, please visit Coro, C-O-R-R-O, shop, S-H-O-P.com. Um, that's our website and our Instagram is shop Coro. So, um, we're on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, if you want to connect with me, um, on Instagram, it's, uh, feel free to add me on LinkedIn. Um, we can chat there or my Instagram is Reese Pieces. It's R-I-E-S-E-P-I-E-C-E-S. And yeah, I mean, feel free. Um, my email is rlakin at coroshop.com. And I love chatting with people from all walks of life and all different backgrounds. So feel free to message me anytime. I'm happy to connect with you. Can I just say that you have the cutest Instagram handle ever? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, 
you know, when you're growing up as a kid and your name is Risa, I mean, the only thing people can understand is Risa's pieces or Risa's peanut butter cups. So I kind of just owned it. <laughs> I hope you like them. <laughs> I hope they're a good candy yeah. for you. <laughs> I, I am a fan, so it works out pretty well. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, perfect. Thanks for all that. I'll make sure to include that as well so people can find it when they listen to the episode. What do you want to leave our listeners with? You know, when they look back on this episode, what's like the number one takeaway that you want them to think about? I would say, and this is something I tell myself all the time, is remember to be flexible. I heard this saying once, and I don't know why, but I end up repeating it all the time. But you plan, God laughs. And I feel like that has just been a constant theme sometimes, where it's just like recognizing that we can't really control the future. And sometimes the universe has a bigger plan for you. Like I never thought I'd be working in the horse industry in any capacity. I always thought I'd have to have a corporate or startup job to fuel my passion for horses. So I think it's um, important to remember to stay flexible and just realize that things are always like working in the background um, for you. I always say for you, never against you. And, you know, just hopefully to, um, yeah, allow for those great things to happen and, and just remember to be flexible and, and you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network. Thanks again to our friends over at Coro for sponsoring this episode and bringing us this interview with Risa. Don't forget to use the code BEYONDTHESADDLE10 for 10% off your first order today when you visit coroshop.com.